You are now tuned into Virtually I'm Possible Presents Lazy Learning Land Podcast, where we teach teachers how to be lazier, yet more effective, to increase student performance, but decrease teacher burnout and stress. I'm S. Dot, your hostess that always gives you the mostest while doing the least, also known as the queen of working and not working. With over 15 years experience working at the hood schools, and still I thrive. Today's episode is sponsored by virtuallyimpossible.net, no apostrophe, where educators can enter the lazical world of lazy learning land. There, they can find tips on how to be a lazier, more effective teacher, and get some amazing lazy learning math tools for the secondary level that will allow students to be 100% engaged while the teacher just sits back and facilitates. Now for today's episode. Hey everyone, so welcome to another episode. Today we're going to get into law number four of our five lazy laws that every teacher should start doing in order to decrease teacher burnout and stress, but also improve their student performance and engagement. And law number four talks about repurpose worksheets into games. I absolutely love this one because as a teacher, if I'm bored teaching it, I know my students are bored learning it. And also, this is just a cool one to get those students engaged that might not otherwise just want to sit there and look at a worksheet. But let's just get down into the nitty and the gritty. If you can learn to repurpose your worksheets into games, it can help you overcome a pretty crappy part of being a math teacher. And if you're not a math teacher, I mean, just a teacher in general, because this law can still apply to any course. Trust and believe that every subject, every course has a fan club of students that absolutely hates that class subject. Not even talk about hating the teacher, <laughs> just can't stand the subject. As mentioned before, teaching math can be pretty crappy. Uh, what makes it so crappy is just like the fact that you know that 90% of your students already hate your class the moment they walk in. Sure, you are able to build relationships and use other tactics to get them to like you, the teacher, but they will still hate math, the class, or insert blank the class for your class subject. If you, you know, teach another subject, like I said, I am sure you know several reasons why students dislike your course. So, Don't change that dial just because I have a more math-centered kind of mindset. That's what I teach. But every law and all the tips that I give can honestly be modified for any content and for any subject. So repurpose those worksheets into games. Let's get ready to get into it. Now, before we do that, just keep in mind that there has been those students that you have unfortunately had some teacher long before you, that planted and watered and grew their complete and utter disdain for your class. 
I mean, the majority of the time you are not teaching them how to solve problems or how to interpret text or read a passage or to spell. Oh, no, 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 no. That would be the easy part. You are usually begging or attempting to somehow bully them into solving the problems you assigned or into reading the text that you have assigned. Again, if you teach a subject other than math, I know the struggle is real for you too. I mean, students don't want to read the text or the passage. They say they read it, but can't answer even one question correctly about it. Math or not, it takes tons of energy to fight, beg, plead, claw, scratch, tussle with your students to get them to do some dang on work. More energy than I honestly think that most of us educators actually realize that we expend on a daily basis trying to just get them, those students to do what they need to be doing. Luckily, I am a solution-oriented person and I have two no prep, like very little effort needed ways to repurpose your worksheets into games. It can be done on the fly with very little planning before you actually just flip that worksheet into one of these two games. And these are freebies. Please feel free to use them. I want you to use them because I want you to leave work with some more energy. But please, Do everyone involved a favor and turn your worksheets into games or activities. Like I said, I've got two ways to repurpose those worksheets. Most of my suggestions require students to work in groups of two to four. Three is ideal. And I just say three because when you start to get into groups of larger than three, then that usually gives a student an opportunity to sit back and hide while the others do more work. And it kind of goes undetected that they're not doing much. So groups of two to three really helps to minimize students just hiding and riding on the coattails and the hard work of their peers. However, for more details on how to set up groups for collaboration games, view my posts on the rules to rule playing games in small groups. Let's get into the first way to repurpose worksheets into games. So game number one. I like to call it, let them wager. Let them wager. So for this one, you will need an answer key with all the problems or for the worksheet solved or already answered. You will give each group the desired worksheet and tell them that they can do the questions in any order. Or if you need a little bit more continuity, then you can force them to go in the chronological order of the worksheet or if the flow is supposed to be done in order. Cool. Uh, I tend to let them skip around in the math sense just because some questions end up being harder than others. And, you know, they can um, they they just get more exposure, a chance at exposure and, and it's a little bit more buy-in when they can skip around and they don't feel pigeon-held. It's less anxiety when they feel pigeon-held into starting with a certain question that they didn't choose for themselves. But anyways, that was a sidebar. So again, groups can wager up to 100 points for the problem that they are working on. You will record each team's question number and their wager on one of the boards in your room. So if you have a smart board, 
awesome if you want to use your whiteboard or your chalkboard, dry erase board, a miniature board, the big board, whatever. You just want to use something that all the students will be able to look up and just kind of see how they're doing in comparison to the other teams. If a group gets a question correct on their first try, so they bring it up to you, whether whether they're working on paper or they're working on whiteboards or however you decide for them to work. But if a group gets a question right on their first attempt, they win the entire amount they wagered. So if they wagered 75 points, then they earn 75 points. If they get it correct on their second attempt, they only earn half of the amount that they wagered. So say they decided they wanted to wager 80 points, but they didn't get it right until their second attempt, then that team only earns 40 points for that question. If they get it correct on their third attempt, they break even. They won't earn points, but they won't lose points either. So that's just a break even point at three attempts. If it takes them four or more tries, then they go in the hole the entire amount they wagered. So if they wagered 80 points and it took them five attempts to get the question correct, then they will be in the hole. They will lose 80 points. You would also keep track of how many times each group has come to you for that particular problem. And this will just help you to realize how many points you need to add or deduct from their total. You can also modify the penalties, especially if you're using multiple choice questions. You may not want to give them four chances to get a question right before they go in the hole because it's only four answer choices on on your multiple choice items. So you may just, you know, modify that. And, you know, a suggestion would be if you're doing something multiple choices there, if they get it right on the first attempt, they get all the points. And if they get it right on the second attempt, they get half the points. And after the second attempt, they go in the hole. There's no break even. They just go in the hole after that. So that's a possibility, but however you want. But that's just a real easy way to flip it into a game. Just remember that each time a group comes to you to check their answer, you are allowed to give them some sort of hints or feedback to get them going in the right direction. You are still in the role. You're still facilitating the content while you are administering game points to them as well. So you're kind of wearing two hats in that role. Let's kind of get into why does something like this work? Well, it works. And when I say baby, it works. Again, tried and true. Been in the hood, working 15 years. And I pretty much love my job every day, almost every day. (laughs) Sometimes I'm a little stressed out, but uh, that just kind of comes with the territory. But seriously, um, everything that I'm giving to you are your tools that I have developed, used, evolved, perfected. And I know they work. They work with, you know, my lowest performing students. They work with less motivated students. They work with it can work with any demographic. Kids just, big kids are nothing but kids. So they want to play. But this works because it fosters a growth mindset as your students don't have to be anxious about getting the problem right their first time or on their first try. Also, the group wager, the group can wager 
as many or as little points as they want when by looking at the question, engaging their level of confidence with that question. This kind of helps them to avoid large scores in the negative. If they get to a question and they're like, mm, 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 I don't know, we don't know about this one. We just going, we going to wager us 10 points. They can do that versus having to wager 100 points and going in the whole 100 points. They may only have to go in the whole 10 points or lose 10 points because they were able to pick how many points they were wanted to wager based on how comfortable or uncomfortable they felt with that question. Since every group can see the points that all the other teams have, it will entice them to wager based on strategy a little bit more. And if they are trying to catch up to or pull away from another group that is close in points, the motivation is there to keep trying as the competitor comes out of everyone. So it's just a way to keep the kids motivated to play. But if they're playing, that means they're doing the problems, which means they're practicing, they're learning, they're engaged. And at the end of the day, I always say, I have to trick my kids into learning. I have to trick them. And one way to trick them is through some games. So take those worksheets, turn into a game. Let's get into repurpose worksheets. Game number two. This one is called Mystery Word. For this one, you will need also an answer key with all the problems solved or all the questions answered. You will also have need a few words that you want your students to try to guess. I tend to Google Wheel of Fortune puzzles and use those. As this this game is basically a mixture of hangman without hanging the man. I kind of feel some type of way about that. And Wheel of Fortune without spinning the wheel. Because who's really got a wheel to spin, right? (laughs) But let's get into the nitty gritty on how to actually play this and implement this game. You will keep score on the board of your choice. Again, smart board, whiteboard, whichever. Put the category name and the appropriate amount of blanks for the puzzle on the board. Write all letters A through Z on the board and you will cross them off as students select or as groups select each of those letters. That way you're avoiding students coming up and guessing repeat letters. Every time a group gets a problem correct, they can guess either two consonants or they can buy, B-U-Y, one vowel. Or the third option is they can solve the puzzle. Each time the letter shows up in the answer, they earn 100 points for every occurrence. So say they pick the letter S and there are three S's. Well, then that team just earned 300 points. However, if a team wants to pick a vowel, then they must buy a vowel and they will lose 50 points each time they buy a vowel. So again, a little spinoff without the spinning of Wheel of Fortune. You will fill in the letters in the puzzle as teams guess correctly. One of my hacks is to have the correct puzzle down on a piece of paper that only I have access to. And so I look at that to try to make sure that I don't miss any letters. And I also tend to do like a letter count I'll, I'll, after I've written out the puzzle, I'll say, okay, there's three S's, there's four T's, two A's. That way I don't mess up 
because I have messed up and my students have literally chewed me out because I forgot to put a letter up there. Like say it was supposed to be up there three times. I only wrote it twice. And my students let me have it at the end of the period when I put the right answer up for the puzzle. They was they was pissed. So, um, yeah, you might want to have a little cheat sheet for you so that you don't make those mistakes and, you know, piss your kids off. But, you know, at the end of the day, they were fine because I said, hey, you could have been sitting in rows doing a worksheet. You're welcome. <laughs> when it comes to, when it comes to solving the puzzle, each team can only guess the answer to the to a specific puzzle one time thing. And if they guess incorrectly, They must continue playing, which means they must continue to still answer questions, but they cannot solve the puzzle again until a new puzzle has been started. So that team can bank guesses for the new puzzle, but they cannot guess on the current puzzle that they already got incorrect. The team that correctly solves the puzzle earns a bonus of 500 points and Again, you will keep score for the different groups on the board so that every team can see where they are in the standings and them just being able to see how close they are to other teams. This is the competitiveness and them wanting to guess and then the intrigue with trying to actually guess the word. It really just pulls your kids in and they're so focused on wanting another chance to to like guess letters or to solve the puzzle that they are willing to sit there and go through the math problems. They're willing to sit there and read the passage and answer some questions. Like they are willing to engage with the content so that they can get to the game. What I like to call tricking my students into learning. Yeah, you gotta do it sometimes. I just want to bring this whole thing home. I've given you guys my two easy to implement, quickly to implement games to repurpose any worksheet at the drop of a dime. And when you repurpose worksheets into games, why does this work? Because the groups, especially with the with the mystery word game, groups are intrigued by the blanks, the letters they, they can see, the category. Naturally, they want to be the team that actually solves the puzzle. And so they, again, they work harder trying to solve whatever problems you have put in front of them. The closer they think they are to being correct, the more intensely they work. The mere fact that there can be an unlimited amount of puzzles that can be solved during a class period, this means that they have unlimited chances to make a comeback. All the groups will be engaged as there are multiple opportunities for success and to score points. You can decide based on your classroom materials, how you want your students to show their work and their answers. If you have your groups work on whiteboards, are they going to do it digitally on tablets or laptops? Are you going to have them work on paper and bring up one single sheet of paper? Will they write on, will you put the worksheet in one of those like plastic sleeves and have them use like dry erase markers to show their work on the plastic sleeve? Whatever materials you have that you can use to make it work, Do you, boo-boo? I work with high school students and you would like to think that such simple games would be boring to them. But in fact, it is the exact opposite. Like my kids really be hyped 
to play a game. And I just feel like y'all don't understand how simple, like, this is really just Hangman and Will of Fortune put together. But y'all think this is the bomb.com, hottest thing since sliced bread. Like, seriously, y'all are, this, this, this really like tickles your fancy. All right. Um, cool. But kids like to be kids. They want to play. Kids like to win. They want to bring out their competitive side. They like to feel smart. So getting a question right, guessing a correct letter, uh, you just, just these different aspects just really play into their ego and into their willingness to engage. These games take the focus. Now this, this one right here, this is like the key. It takes the focus off of their fear of failure. And it flips it into a positive as they fear, as the fear of losing the game becomes more important than their fear of getting a problem or a question incorrect. This ultimately urges them to work more diligently at questions in front of them. No matter how difficult the question is, they will keep pushing through. So if you happen to be a secondary math teacher and you are looking for some self-check, color-changing activities for your students, you can check out my Virtually Impossible store on virtuallyimpossible.net or you can visit my Teacher Pay Teacher store, Virtually I'm Possible. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of Virtually I'm Possible Presents Lazy Learning Land. Please comment below which of the games, let them wager or mystery word you will use in your classroom. Also, if you have any easy to implement games you want to share with our community, leave the details in the comments below as well. Since there is strength in lazy, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast, my blog on virtuallyimpossible.net and our social media platforms, Pinterest and Instagram, so you can feel at home among other lazy learners. This is your girl, S.Dot, signing off. And until next episode, remember, live long and lazy and never, ever work too hard.